schools. There were more than one in my life, and uh, an interesting story. Please join us in listening to the remarkable story from the life and times of Michael Butler. In this podcast series, you'll be hearing stories from the primary themes of Michael Butler's life and memoirs. Politics, polo, theater, and love. Please subscribe via iTunes so you don't miss a single podcast. And we'll see you on the other side. The uh, first school that I went to was Butler School. It was up the hill from where we lived, and I'll never forget, I went there the first time. I had a brown tweed suit with a vest. Now, mind you, this was about eight or something like that of age, and it was a bit ridiculous compared to the rest of the students at that school. The school has been given to the area, the township, by my grandfather, and it was a lovely school. Almost all of the uh, children in that school were children of people who worked for us. I frankly didn't belong there and uh, felt very uncomfortable. So uh, it didn't last long. Next school I went to was the Monroe School in Hinsdale, and uh, that was a pretty upscale, nice public grade school. And uh, only thing that was different about that is that we were moved down to the, or driven down to the school in a 16-cylinder Cadillac, which was the family choice of cars. I was going to say trucks because they were just enormous. And uh, at that time, there was a big kidnapping scare going on in the Chicago area. Uh, we're talking about the 30s. So there was usually somebody who wrote shotgun with a sawed-off shotgun in the passenger seat. And uh, then there was a, a, a holster with a 45 uh, on the left-hand side of the driver where he would reach for the handbrake and uh, uh, as if it's what he was doing and could come up with the gun. I went to Monroe School for a couple of grades, and uh, then Dad figured the best thing to have us do was to go to the uh, Chicago Latin School, which was the best school in the city of Chicago. And he had to drive into the paper company anyway, so he would take me into Latin school, and it was very exciting because he had a Duesenberg in those days, and it was really a gas to sit with him as he was driving this incredible automobile. For the next school I went to, I don't understand the reason. It might have to do with all the divorce proceedings or things that were going on. But anyway, Avery Coonley School in Downers Grove, a delightful Lovely school, lovely setting, very upscale, top educational work. And I went there for sixth grade, seventh grade, went to the Arizona Desert School in Tucson, which is a school that had only about 50 students and was considered 
one of the most expensive schools in the country, if not the most expensive. It was very horse-oriented, and one of the great things about that school is my, I was going to say my oldest friend, but it's not true to call my oldest friend, my friend of longest standing, Peter Vogt, and I went to that school together, and uh, I still keep in touch with him. He became a very celebrated artist and was also a good polo player. He lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and we talk at least once or twice a year. For eighth grade and uh, high school or prep school years, I wanted to go to Culver Military Academy. I was very gung-ho to be in the military, wanted to be involved with anything to do with war and things of that nature. And we had a very strong connection with Culver Military Academy because one of the superintendents had been on the Butler Company board. So it was my choice, was organized, and as time went on at Culver, I really began to hate it, uh, mainly because what happened is that the war, Second World War, came along, and a great deal of the military officers, the strict military officers, were pulled out and sent into active duty. So a lot of the academic men became so-called military officers, and they were not military by any sense. The only thing that made me even be able to tolerate it was the fact that Colonel Norbert Manley took me under his wing. He was the ROTC head, Reserve Officers Training Corps head at Culver, and so was the strong military man. He actually was very, his real name had been von Mannerheim, and he was very German in his approach to doing things. Quite a snappy uniform dresser, and uh, also ran the horse show team. He caused uh, quite a flap by appointing me as the assistant coach of the team that had never been done with a cadet before. But I was constantly in trouble with the authorities. Also, I was smoking and doing things that I should not have been doing, uh, all sorts of scandalous behavior. The academic thing that really became of greatest importance to me was history because of a major Bates who ran the history department. He was a great instructor and really inspired me. And I got so deeply into it that I started the History and Debate Society, which became the largest cadet organization at the academy. And uh, I began to have sort of political ambitions. And finally... I was able to be thrown out of the academy by having started a riot. I kept wanting to leave the academy every year, and Father wouldn't allow me to do it. But uh, that was the way, and uh, finally, starting a riot, I was sacked from Culver. I was gotten into the Elgin Academy 
in Elgin, Illinois, and was able to graduate from prep school at Elgin. We keep talking about cars, and one of the high points at Culver was when Dad arrived with his new bride, Jean Buckley, and in a car, a new Lincoln Continental that had been given to him by Edsel Ford. And this car, one of the fascinating things about it is that the door, it was a coupe, uh, uh, the door was opened by pushing a button. It was, and in my opinion still is, the most beautiful car that's ever been designed in the United States. And it was a great matter of pride when my old man showed up with that car. Please subscribe via iTunes so you don't miss a single podcast. And we'll see you on the other side.